0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com.
1: I think. I think also for me, I think one of the things that I learned from it is that when I'm at a point that I'm uncomfortable, I start feeling uncomfortable. That's when I go, okay, don't run, just just stop. And sit with it.
0: Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. I hope you've been having a killer week. I most certainly have been. I am beyond stoked because in less than a month, I am going to be in Winnipeg for Ninja Cat Productions presents Vox and Hops Brutal Winnipeg. That's right, the first edition of Brutal Winnipeg is coming up on February. 18th at Park Theater and features performances by despised icon Wake, Hopscotch Battle Scars, and Murder Capital. All night long, you'll be able to enjoy killer brews from Sukrum's Brewing and Kilter Brewing. I am beyond stoked to be in Winnipeg on February 18th for Vox and Hops Brutal Winnipeg. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. There's someone in your life that just loves craft beer you know that home brewer friend you should let them know that the vox and hops metal podcast exists you can tell them that there are over 390 episodes where i hang out with some of the world's best metal musicians we talk all about their lives and music and of course talk about craft beer if you would encourage one of your home brewing friends to become a brand new vox and hops head that would be something that i would truly appreciate now today on the podcast i'm very stoked to bring back the vox and hops metal brew Talks and it features a conversation with Timothy Zydek of Tool Brewing from Denmark. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 390.
1: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
0: Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with Tim Zydek of Tool Brewing from Denmark. Tim. It's been a long time. We've been talking, trying to get this uh, this conversation happening, uh, having beer sent from Denmark to Canada legally. It's been an adventure, a six-month adventure, which sometimes happens, but I'm very stoked that you reached out to me back on July 15th, um, back in 2022, asking me, uh, you know, which I, I get a lot of messages like this, and sometimes I say yes, and this is definitely a yes, because you are a metal brewer, and it has been far too long that I have conducted an interview with a metal brewer, metal brewer. Brewer talks people they 're back. Uh, I started doing those back in twenty 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 nineteen I believe and i I 've done a few, but not enough of them. I love doing them. I love metal brewers. I love brewers. I love metal, obviously, I love metal brewers. tim how you doing?
1: doing well, thank you um, definitely um Still being new to Denmark because I've only been here for six months. I'm still adjusting to the the nice dark winters.
0: Yeah, it's it's a big 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 difference because Denmark is much more northern. That's why. Yeah. The the the, the latitudes. Am I saying that right? It's the latitudes or
1: longitudes? I think it's the latitudes. I could I be wrong. the <laughs> latitudes are
0: much much higher. And and for people that don't know that the sun sets very very early here in Canada right now. It's setting about which is going to date this episode if you can figure it out. Uh, it sets around 4:40 in the afternoon in Montreal at this point. Uh, Denmark you were saying it sets around 4:30. Yeah. Complete darkness.
1: Complete darkness and it won't it won't the sun won't come up until about 8
0: 8:30. Wow. Okay, that's not like here now. <laughs> that's crazy. The 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 most extreme thing that I've done when I played Iceland was one of those moments where you you hang out. It was in May. We played the show and then we like hung out after and it's like three o'clock in the morning and you come out and it's pitch bright, like as if it's daytime, super strange. And then a se- second time that that happened to me was in St. Petersburg, Russia. We <laughs> played a gig with a board there, came outside. It was 1130 at night, super bright, weird, weird experiences. It's just, it messes with your brain when, when the daylight doesn't correspond with your experience.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it really does. I mean, I, I, during the summer, like I love it. Like, I'll start hanging out with friends around noon or so and we'll just keep drinking and then I'll look at the time and then I'll be like, Oh, I've been it's ten o'clock and I've been drinking since noon. Great. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> So it has it ups its ups and downs, which is a good thing. Totally. <laughs> Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. Now now I have five beers in front of me right now i'm excited to try some of this tool beers these these danish beers i've definitely have enjoyed danish beers in the past with McKellar, obviously um what is that beer? Oh, I meant to write it down. I think it's called Bru B-R-U, but the U has a strange little thing over uh. in Copenhagen. Me, Christian Donaldson, um, Dominic Grimao went there before a gig uh, when we were playing in Copenhagen on our last European tour with Ingested. Mm. That was sick. So I, I, I am familiar with how high quality the Danish craft beer scene is. So, so what are you drinking on your side that we we will be sharing virtually today?
1: Right now I'm drinking the uh 45 days organic pilsner. So we um we we have this little we have this little thing with a lot of our lagers where we lager our beers for 45 days in these like in these large World War ii um era like lagering tanks that we have
0: very sick.
1: And and yeah. Yeah, it's and it's quite incredible. And we and we actually like take the 45 day idea and do it with any kind of lager that we can. So like We'll do, you know, like 45 days of darkness or like 45 days of Vienna, 45 days, Martin, like all these other things. So it's pretty, it's pretty rad.
0: Very sick. And I know I am a little bit well-versed in in beer making, but I am not an expert. And this is something that I do not know the answer to. And I imagine people that are listening are also asking this question. Is 45 days more, longer than usual? What is a typical lagering process? Uh,
1: I would say 45 days is pretty standard. Um, it, it, it's it's still it's pretty short. Like if you want to go full on traditional lagering, you can go two, three, four months. Wow,
0: that's a commitment. Having the space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But um, but but then again, I mean, you can. You know, it really depends on how you take care of the beer and what you do with it. That can, that really determines if you know, like what's gonna how, what the end product is gonna be after X amount of days. I mean, I mean, of course, with lagers, it's like standard rule, the longer, the better. You can't argue with that.
0: Amazing. And I think that it stems down to uh, people that do it for, let's say, much, much longer, as you were mentioning, they probably only make that beer. So all of their fermenters <laughs> are filled with this one. They make that lager. This is their beer. So they, they probably just have different fermenters fermenting at different paces so they're constantly getting a refreshed version of the beer whereas the modern craft beer industry is all about variety and switching things up and trying to be ahead of the curve so to sit four months a beer in a tank is is a difficult commitment. <laughs> it is, especially if it, if it doesn't work out and you have to dump it, which is not fun at all. Uh, this beer has been calling my name since uh, when I received the list from the government, because I had to go talk to the government to get this beer. <laughs> it's called uh, <laughs> Shitfaced, which is uh, great, but it's it's spelled C H uh, I T faced. Uh, it's awesome. I love it. India Pale Ale, uh, seven point two, I believe. If my brain, seven point five percent. Talk to me about this beer. It's it's super metal. First off, it's got like uh, the the barbed wire wrapped around.
1: No, 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 no. It it looks like just a bunch of garbage, and barbed wire wrapped around it. Like, or or like, or or, ooh, actually, you know what? I think this is what it is. This is this. And now that I see, it's actually like the picture of um of the of what we call Toll City, where the brewery is. It's just a um. It, it, it was an old um, ketchup factory that they took over. So I think this is a picture from somewhere around Toll City that they just kind of used for the beer. <laughs>
0: Sick. So I'm going to crack this. Success. Um, and uh, pour it out. And I would love, as I'm doing that, to hear about your very first
1: beer. Oh, uh, my very first beer. I right, would see. I was probably in middle school. Um yeah, and uh I remember I was sitting with my dad. We were just watching TV. I think it's probably Judge Judy or some shit. And and we um and he's drinking a bottle of Red Dog. And and it's just this really just shitty American lager and he's just like he was like, "Hey, do you want to uh do you want to try this?" I was like, "All right, cool." He gives me a sip of it and he was like, "All right, that's enough because I just want you to taste this Then so that when you get older you're not going to go crazy." I was like, "All right." <laughs> But then of but then of course um it wasn't until I started working started working and hanging out at a beer bar in New York City that really kind of like turned turned my mind onto beer. So
0: amazing. This uh cheers to Judge Judy. Uh, not many people know this about me, but I you know, I do a lot of shit, and to relax, you know what I do? I watch fucking Judge Judy, and I really do on YouTube. It's it's, 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 a, it's a guilty pleasure, and I totally do that all the
1: time. <laughs> Cheers! This pours Cheers. out gorgeous. Yeah, like full body, like like it. I would personally, I would consider it more like a like a double IPA because it's just a higher ABV, and for it just being like full like fuller body. I think we used we use a specifically like chit malt. That's why we call it chit faced. Chimall to to give it a lot more body and um, a lot more haze, so that's what we went with.
0: Fan, fucking, fantastic! It's delicious. Really, really enjoying it. Uh, let's dig into a uh, brewer story. So, so you 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 taste that Red Dog shitty beer from your dad. He doesn't want you to become uh, super involved in beer. Uh, you're in New York at a beer bar, and that's when you discovered that beer could be something a little bit more. At what point did the beer become like a lifestyle and you started working in the industry? I would love to hear your brewer's story, please.
1: So um, my previous career, I was a fine dining cook and then being in New York. Yeah, I was a cook for 10 years. And so I was hanging out there. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) Horrible lifestyle.
1: Like, like, yeah, it was, the, it was the whole thing. I was, I was super young, and just the whole thing of like, well, you know, the more abuse I get, the more stuff I take. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll make it to a higher, you know, higher level. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I was hanging out at this beer bar called Proletaria in the East Village, and I became friends with everyone over there. I started taste. They started taste like t- having me taste all these beers, and i went for sour beer. And I was like, whoa, I've never tasted a sour beer before. What the hell is this? And then one day, uh, my buddy who was the bar manager there at the time, he's like, "Hey, uh, I need someone to pick up a shift. Do you want to do that?" And I was like, "All right, I can work one day a week." And so I was just thrown right in. It, it was on a saturday. My first day was a Saturday, and I and he, was, <laughs> yeah, in the you really used to the bit.
0: pressure because of being a cook,
1: exactly. And and then also nice thing, all he had to do was pour beer and schmooze about beer to people, and it was only twelve taps, so it was like. Wasn't much. It was more of a. I enjoyed the interaction with the customers and being able to talk to them about the beers and just kind of since it was a small like shotgun bar, like ten seats at the bar, really really small. I had to almost like put on a show for everyone. So 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 I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I moved to Portland and eventually I just got sick of the culinary world and started working at in beer bars around Portland. So that's where I fully kind of just jumped into it. And then I uh, my first. Uh, brewery job was a brewery called little beast brewing. Uh, and yeah, so, so that's, that's kind of where it all started. So now I'm here in Denmark working for a toll.
0: How did that come together? A whole relocating across the globe, basically, not just across country, but a, a completely across your country and then across an ocean to these to the dark Denmark.
1: Uh, so a few years ago, I got dual citizenship through my parents, you know, with, through the EU and both my and both my brother and I were like ever since we got there we're like we need to leave the US we just want to go somewhere else um and I didn't have a job here yet but I got I just got to the point where I was like I just need to just go so I bought it I remember loving Denmark and I was like cool so I bought a ticket with no job just I'm like I'll just travel around and see what I see where I land um then a couple months prior to actually moving here uh, I saw a job opening for a toll. I applied and they're like, oh, you're coming? I was like, yeah, I'll be there in like a month and a half. They're like, all right, cool. We'll wait. And I just moved and I I, like there and they asked me like, when can you start? I was like, I just need one week just to kind of get my bearings and then I'll start working. So I was only here for a week before actually getting into everything.
0: Fantastic. Day to day. What do you do at Tool?
1: Uh, I'm a I'm a production brewer. So I do uh, do a lot of uh, cellar work. Um just finished learning the the nice fancy brew house uh it's a large brew house like i i'm 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 more comfortable with like smaller breweries and more like hands on stuff this is kinda like halfway in between like physical stuff to like oh you just do stuff off the computer and touch buttons and <laughs> but um but uh but right now i mean like you know we're we're we are a pretty tight team and we're all kind of taking on little projects around the brewery like right now i'm starting to take on more more of the, like the tasting and educate and education role throughout the company and even just kind of like going over our beers and kind of like looking over to see like all right how can we improve these do we like them what do we you know just so it's this constant growth thing that we're doing right now but um yeah, here like everyone, everyone at the brewery is like pretty involved to do like any job at the brewery, which is nice. So everyone's almost kind of cross trained.
0: It is a massive brewery, and uh, it gets distributed into the states. Even I've never seen it up here in Canada, but I have seen people from the Vaux and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang, Jerry Monk, um, finding some in Texas, uh, as an example. So, so it's a it's a big brewery, as you're saying. So, so let's say. Um, a typical batch is like how many liters, how many cans. How, what, what, what is a typical batch for tool? Uh,
1: a single batch is probably about seventy to seventy-five hectoliters.
0: Okay, so, so it's massive. Yeah,
1: yeah, and we have tanks that do. We have tanks that can hold single batches, double batches, and quadruple batches. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs>
0: So the Ketchup Factory, uh, Tool. Do you know any of the history of Tool uh, before they were in the Ketchup Factory? Were they somewhere else?
1: Uh, so, so Tool was was almost kind of, is kind of one of those um, like wandering breweries for a little bit. Okay, um, because they had then, no
0: brew house, but they had like an identity, and they were contract brewing in different places. Isn't that
1: exactly? They were contracting out of a uh, De Proof in Belgium okay, for like really? the last yeah. So they were just doing the, everything out of there for the past like maybe. 10 years
0: really because that's super interesting that's interesting Mm -hmm. but they're a danish brewery but they're doing it in belgium we can Mm -hmm. you know you can learn a lot in belgium with beer right so
1: i mean i mean they're (laughs) they're they're kind of the ones who wrote the book
0: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) that's fucking sick i like that very much um um, let's just dance away a little bit no, no, before we do that. The, the education side of it. So, so when you're saying that you're educating, you're educating the staff or you're educating people that are coming to the brewery, uh, brewery tours or when, what, what, what side of the education do you mean by that?
1: Uh, more of the staff, like, uh, like sales, salespeople, just even people in the office, even people in the office, because we do weekly, um, sensory training. So everyone can pitch in and kind of be like, Hey, like this, what are you tasting? You know, tell us what is this? So, so I, I'm trying to take that and kind of expand it even more. You got know, go like, okay, because usually people say, "Oh, it tastes citrus," and I'll go, I'll take the next step and ask them, "All right, what kind of citrus are you tasting in this?" Yes,
0: because it's the easiest answer, citrus.
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, citrus.
0: There's a little citrusy. <laughs> just, <laughs> this the shit face. There is, is a little a little citrusy. I'm getting bubble gum. Does that make sense? I'm getting like bubble gum from this it's, oh, yeah. it's it's really fucking good
1: <laughs> what kind of bubblegum are you tasting man <laughs> uh,
0: not hubba bubba but it, it, how can i explain it like a citrusy bubblegum, <laughs> 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 definitely like apricots nice. too let's say that's great. It's really good. I'm really good. Very happy. Very happy right now. Very happy, Tim. Uh, let's dance into the soundtrack of your youth when you were growing up in your parents or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the music? What music did your parents or guardians
1: listen to? Oh, I, I grew up with ELO and ABBA. Uh, at first, being very, very young, I was like, oh, mom, dad, like your music sucks. I can't... I can't like, why are you playing this shit? And then with them being also like, uh, immigrants from Poland, I had to deal with a lot of like Polish techno stuff and disco and everything. I mean, w- now I fully appreciate, but like, but back then I was like, that's shit. But now I'm like, wow, like I fucking love ELO and I love ABBA.
0: <laughs> oh, hell yes. Yeah. There'd be no ghost without ABBA. I say that all the time.
1: Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but then, you know, like I always think about this or so like how, like, how I got into metal, I, I would keep, I keep, I keep thinking like there was certain, there were certain things I was getting into growing up that I would like, that was somewhat like the, I guess we would call it, like darker aspects of things that I just found fascinating. I didn't know it at the time, but now I look back on it. I was like, huh. And then I think my very first metal CD that I purchased, it was the Matrix soundtrack.
0: Oh yeah. I had that. Yeah. Yeah. Who was on that?
1: Rob Who's Zombie. That? Manson, I think was on it. Mm-hmm. No. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah.
0: I think that's why I bought it, I think. I think that makes sense. Or I got it for Christmas or something like that because, yeah. Rob Zombie, Ministry, Manson, who else was on that?
1: Uh, Ramstein was on there. Oh, shit, yes. I yeah, guess it was Rage, because
0: a- Rage was at the end of the...
1: Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, because that, that, the, the ending song there when he jumps up into the air, there is a Rage song, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so you then, buy yeah, so- that
0: CD, and then uh, what was your parents' reaction to that?
1: They were they were kind of not keen on it, but I tried to just keep it under Under wraps. Like, I was like, yeah, this is fine. And then over time, over time, like, uh, I would go to Poland to go hang out with my, mom, with my mom and her friends, and, like, one of their daughters who was into metal at the time, she was like, you need to check out Cradle of Filth, you need to check out Slipknot. And I was like, all right. Like, <laughs> so I did. And then, and then I kind of just, like, took off from there and yeah it just it, over time I just kind of just listen to people and I'm just like what are you into what's going on what's this like um like and for me in high school like I was definitely in like you know the new wave of like you know hardcore going you know super into like every time I die and harder like harder under of as like dying all that shit like um but then I remember <laughs> I remember in high school this was the this was the year when uh once was not came out and Uh, Cryptopsy uh, did a tour Through San Diego and I was just like Mom, Dad, I want to go And they're like, who are you seeing? I'm like, oh, this band from Canada
0: They're super nice, the singer eats worms (laughs) (laughs) Did they let you go?
1: Oh yeah, they did No way, that's amazing Yeah, Yeah, that that was like I remember remember being super excited to see Lord Worm I was like, holy shit
0: Yeah, Worm is the man. So cool. He's exactly what you'd expect him to be. He, He's—I don't know if you've spoken to him afterwards. or he's exactly what you expect him to be. Always in character. It's amazing.
1: Uh, no, uh, I was—I listened to the episode you did with him. And I thought I was like, "Yep, that sounds like him." But like,
0: it's unbelievable.
1: But it was really funny. I remember being like super stoked watching uh, f- uh, Flow play, and and like being being a small like very like very like like small, like easily intimidated, like high schooler, I went into the bathroom and, 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 uh, at the urinals was both Flo and Lord Worm. And I was like,
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> the superhumans yeah. also have to pee, but, <laughs> <laughs>
1: but, I, but I was just like, Oh, don't mind me. I'll just go use the stall.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> That's like the one time I ever had a chance to have a chat with Devin Townsend when I was in a bathroom. And I I I didn't talk to him. I was like, this is weird. I'm not going to talk to Devin Townsend right now.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Uh, well, well, like, what was it when I was um, bartending at Little Beast? We one day, Cheeto Moreno came in and just said, yeah. And I was just like, not, like 99, I was 99% sure. But I was like, you know what? Like, whatever. I'm not going to talk to him. He's coming in here to have a drink. Uh, you know, I want him to come back. I don't want, I don't want him to come in and be like, oh shit, I don't want, I don't want to come back. Punishers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then, uh, but then I, like, then, then he paid out and I was like, holy shit, that was fucking Chino Moreno.
0: That's so cool. I definitely would have said hi. He's a white whale for the podcast. It's, I, I, I always say Mike Patton and stuff like that, but Chino would be a great one because he actually really does like craft beer really so well the deftones have done a bunch of uh, collabs with belching beaver right and i think that he oh, has yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot to do with that definitely yeah so i'm hearing all these cities throughout this conversation and i can't yeah. keep track of where you're from <laughs> so so parents are polish yes um grew up i don't know i can't figure it out maybe san diego because the, the the earliest story that i've heard so far was san diego and then you Is cooked to new york and then you ended up in po- portland
1: yep yeah. Like, am, I, am I figuring this out? <laughs> this is, yes. Yeah. It was like San Diego to New York. And I also lived in Boston for six months. Yeah. So I, I've kind of been jumping around, but but Portland Portland was the longest place I've lived in outside my hometown of San Diego. And that was like for seven years before coming here to Denmark. Well, uh,
0: San Diego is a killer craft beer scene, obviously with, uh, you know, countless amazing breweries, countless I know them all, but they're not coming to my head right now. <laughs> Countless amazing breweries. Portland um, has one of the most metal breweries that I've been wanting to have a conversation with for since I probably started this, but I never landed them as of yet. Obviously, I'm talking about Wayfinder. Um, how, how important was being a metalhead and craft beer? We're dancing into the metal and beer topic. Um, why does metal and beer go so well together? you know there's countless metal breweries that that exist there's more and more that keep opening um is that a good thing i think yes other people have said different um you know three floyds are the the ogs there's a bunch right here in montreal there's mutaid which is just a killer metal stoner metal doom um true brewing inspired tap house here in montreal there's true brewing obviously from denver uh shout out to Zach Coleman, my bud there, Vox and Ops alumni, um, talk to me about metal and beer. Why does it make sense for you? What well, I know for myself, why it makes sense, but what in your mind, why does metal and beer go so well together?
1: uh For me, I feel like it, it's it's one of the things that kind of uh, that's like the one drink that most metalheads can kind of like. Well, you're at a show. What are you drinking? More you're drinking uh, beer. We can't agree um, on
0: on bands or styles, but we can agree on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, sure, sure. If you like, I could, I could get into like, yeah, there, there are some, there are probably some, some like you know, metal, like metal breweries, are like to me that might be a little, a little cheesy to a degree. But but the thing is, ultimately, it's like you know. It's just people just coming in, hanging out, drinking beer. If you want to listen to metal, drink beer. Fine. Great. Like there's like, i, I like, I don't know. Like it, it, for, for me, it's too much to, there's too much of a mental burden to have to like, think about like, oh man, this is like, what the hell are you doing? Like, we can't be having, We can't be having, you know, you're know, like, you can't be playing Slipknot and Wayfinder. It's like, come on, like, just, just let it happen. Who gives a shit?
0: <laughs> uh, how about Tool, um, are they metal? Are you the most metal person there? I know that Denmark loves metal music. There's there's Copenhagen, which you should most definitely go to if you're not planning to go to that. Uh, that's coming up this summer there. Just one of the best festivals out there. Um, is Toul a metal brewery, or are you the only metalhead there?
1: Uh, I, it is not a metal brewery. Um, I would say I'm probably the. M- there are a couple metalheads there, but I think I'm probably the most eclectic one because like I was like even even some of my metalhead coworkers I'll like tell them I'll tell them about some some even some black metal bands to me to me are just normal but they're like huh <laughs> and I'm like okay never mind I'll <laughs> i' I'll, I'll just I'll just keep it on keep it on my side I still love sharing music with others and especially for people for like for like minded people I'm like hey if you' like this you should check out this band and then vice versa that's probably one of my favorite things you can do
0: mm-hmm it's very similar with beer, obviously, which is another reason why they go so well together. Is sharing sharing music with people is very similar to what I just experienced right now, having this in my hand, thanks to this conversation, and being like, "Holy Christ, this is good! I wish I had another one." I do, and I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, absolutely, it's 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 an amazing thing, the 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 gift of having a similar passion and then sharing that passion with other people and, and finding like these hidden gems that you love and then sharing it with someone that's very metal and beer for me. It, 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 both of those subjects, those two things ring true. Absolutely.
1: Oh, totally. Um, like even, even a buddy of mine, uh, Sam, uh, he's a brewer in Portland. He does, he has like a little side, he has his own personal brewery project that he's doing, um, called uh brew Host brewing. And it's just like, just like, he just does like, just, the dark stouts and pastry stouts and stuff. But like, just like the, the image of everything. I'm like, dude, like you're, you're getting like full on, like, like black metal, like gnarly images, which is great and fantastic. So like, I I love, I love to see it. I love people, especially, I mean, especially being able to take the two passions together and kind of be like, all right, let's make this one thing.
0: Absolutely. And I needed to mention that that some of it can be a little bit cheesy, but if the beers are good, like that, that's like level number one, right? If you're going to start a metal brewery, do it but make sure that you know you know how to make good beer first because just making the metal part of it very strong and having weak beer part of it it's not going to work it's got to stand on the beer side of things so 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 do your homework and and make good beer people and then you can start a metal brewery
1: (laughs) yeah exactly
0: (laughs) so you started behind the bar you know did you start brewing at Little Bees too?
1: I did. Yeah, that was my first brewing job. Um I started I started working there to you know with the hopes of getting into the brewery at some point and then uh COVID happened and I was maybe off for a month and they, get, and, they and then I get a call and he's like hey uh you want to work at the brewery? I'm like yes, I've been waiting for quite some time now.
0: Do you want to stay in your house and do nothing or do you want to come <laughs> Do you want to come make beer because everyone's buying everything? <laughs> Well, that's a little silver lining golden gift of the pandemic right there.
1: Uh, it was. It, I mean, even for me, like, I know it wasn't for everyone, but for me, I kind of, for me personally, I would say the pandemic is a little slice. Of, like It was a little thing of like, it was more of like a good thing that happened to me. So I was able to do a lot of changes and kind of it pushed me into the direction that I'm in now. So I'm not complaining.
0: Uh, so you're the only metalhead basically at Tool. But do you have a brewer's playlist? Like when you're working, is there something that you listen to that uh, it, can, it changes all the time? Right, it depends what's coming out. But what are you listening to right now while you're working? Let's say it's
1: been, it's been pretty mellow at the brewery right now. But I've been listening to this uh, folk artist. Um, his band's called Of the Wand and the Moon.
0: Ooh, I don't know that.
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous, like neo folk stuff. The guy's from from Denmark. Um, I actually just saw him play here. On Wednesday, and it was utterly magical. Um, and the, uh, uh, and of one of the moon was one of those bands that like I used to listen to. I forgot about, and then it kind of just went back to it. And I was just like, "Holy shit! I forgot how much I love these guys."
0: And then they came through Denmark. Yeah, Isn't yeah. that Weird how that happens sometimes.
1: <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> i Am not complaining? <laughs> but I love but 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 then also for me, like you know, like I'll I'll normally play, like I'll still play music. But like I'll, I'll play like like middle ish music, but other ones that everyone else can actually like still kind of enjoy or be around. Like uh, sometimes, like I'll will keep it pretty generic, but I'll you know there'll be like Ramstein, Rob Zombie, Typo Negative, like just like more like upbeat stuff that I'm just like, all right, cool, we're working, we're going, and that's what I'll just roll with.
0: Good for you. Keep 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 spreading it. They'll eventually might you know they'll get infected and they will exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, the, the, this stuff is good but is there something more tim can you show us something else <laughs> i love collabs i've made 60 of them i think in the past three years um it's something that excites me i love creating stuff and putting my logo on it um if you could make a collab with any band what band would that be what style of beer would you make and what would you call it
1: Ooh, shit um I would do a collab with the band Kraft from Sweden. Uh, wonder, wonderful black metal band. But they uh, and the style I would do. I think I think I would do a Rauchbier, a, a smoked lager. Yes. Because I feel like they're I, I feel like they're very underrated.
0: Mm, they are. They are. I feel the brewers are trying to make them happen here in Montreal. There, there's a, there's a few more on the market than there used to be, especially during the summer. And during like um, the Oktoberfest season, people are really pushing it. They're trying, and then they're like, "Fine, I'll make a fucking IPA for you." <laughs> <laughs> you want a smoothie? So I get it. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I feel like they're coming. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. Uh, I just went to a brewery over here called Oban, and they have they have a they have a rock beer on tap. I was like, I'll have one of those, and it was fucking delicious. And I was like, yeah, like, like. And all friends like oh it tastes like salami I'm like okay, oh, hey you're not wrong like, That's what my wife you're... says
0: yeah that's why I, I won't buy them and bring them well, I'll buy them and I'll drink them in the house But I typically share a beer with Jessica But uh, <laughs> she, she says it tastes like What did she say it tastes like bacon I think she, what she says Or hot dogs is what she says hot dogs yeah. <laughs> But what kind I, of hot I dog vegans, are we talking about vegan so it's not a good <laughs> But Mutai Made a very good um, Grazo if I'm saying that correctly Which is also a lightly smoked Light lager, 3% uh, light smoked lager, yeah, which I had two weeks ago with some friends uh, from Mexico City. Nayali, Jerry, shout out if you're listening to this. Uh, very stoked to have had you here. P- members of the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday group visited from Mexico City coming up here to the Mes de Mao uh, in November. And I hung out with them at Mutaid and I drank that exactly. I'm going to switch beers because uh, why not? Um, let's go big. Something that I've never had something interesting this is a this is a this is a wacky beer right this is a an imperial black india pale ale with coffee see i can't have this at night so let's have it now
1: yeah <laughs> yeah the black malts and body salts <laughs> that's what's called
0: i want to make a collab exactly this style it's so fucking cool i've never seen anything like this everyone's like don't black ipas don't sell but then you do an imperial with coffee
1: yeah yeah uh, oh we, we actually just we actually just did one called um had a new one called black ball b-a-a-l um and it was just like super earthy but really drinkable and delicious i was like holy shit like this one actually turned out to be very 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 good i was really i was really happy with it and we're actually like we're starting to roll out some more um like darker beers and i think we're doing like a set of dark beers for january and we're calling it like blackout january so there's gonna be this huge so we're gonna have this like huge party here at our um uh, at our brew pub, Bruce, here in Copenhagen, and it's just gonna be just like dark beers all day. Like,
0: amazing. What happened? Uh, spell out Bruce. Maybe that's exactly what I was talking about before.
1: B R U S.
0: That's it. That's the place. That's the place I went to. So cool. Uh, cheers to you. Moving on to an imperial black IPA with coffee. Never had this before. Coffee smooth, but the hops are there. You got that like bitter nose there
1: let's oh. probably just super smooth, though, dude. Considering it's ten
0: percent, the bitter wipes up the alcohol. It's uh, very, 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 very cool. This is very good. Black malts and body salts, people. Totally. Yeah. Very, very good. Um, heavier subject, uh, is, and I have like an extra thing added to it because of your history, um, mental health. Um, what do you do when you're not? feeling well what is your tactic to help pull you out of the weeds when you feel like you're spiraling out of control
1: uh one thing i first remind myself that it's okay to like stop and just take a moment and to lay in bed and not move i can do that i'm like it's okay you're fine just uh, like i allow myself to have that because like here i here i get three day weekends so there's usually one day yeah, there's usually there's one day where I don't leave my my place. I will lay in bed and not do anything. I'm jealous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but then, but also, I think ultimately what I'll do is that I'll actually just I'll still cook because now it's now since I don't do it professionally anymore, I I'll do it at home more often. And um, and and I find that to be very 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 ther- uh, very therapeutic. But then yeah, but then usually for the most part, I mean I. I don't know, I I sit I, I kinda of just sit down, and kind of like talk myself through with whatever I'm feeling and I actually just I actually just sit with it and kind of try to understand it and like where it's coming from. Like was, I'll have these like internal like thoughts about it and an internal dialogue with myself and go, all right, where's this coming from? Why am I feeling this way? Blah 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 blah. And then, then I'll kinda of work it when then I'll work it through and eventually it'll just kind of just roll off my shoulder. It's just me. I just need like my five minutes to figure it out.
0: Well it's good that you confront it though, rather rather than pack it away and then ignore it. That's, that's important to the fact that you, you confront
1: the issue. Oh yeah. I mean like, uh, I, lear- I learned, I learned after going to therapy for like four or five years, uh,
0: your love of cooking. Take, take me through that the way that you love brewing and love beer i see i love to cook as well so I, I i see the similarities between cooking and making beer What what is your your cooking journey uh when did you discover the love of cooking and let's build into the next subject there uh
1: with with cooking like i used to lo- I, like i i started over when i was a little kid with my grandparents like i would be making sauce so- i would be making sausages with my grandpa like he'd be just sitting there just grinding grinding the meat by hand and he would season he would season it and then I I won't forget it. He takes his two fingers after it's seasoned, pulls up like the sausage meat and just puts it in my mouth. He's like, You need to try this. I was like, okay. <laughs> like, just completely raw. Um you know, just kind of just like with my parents cooking, my grandparents, you know, like my grandpa smoking eels and such. Grew up with a l uh-huh yeah
0: is that like a polish thing is that the, the, the sausage i understand but smoked eels i don't know is that a polish tradition
1: uh yeah yeah i would say i mean it's pretty like there's a lot of there's a lot of like smoke i think there's a lot of a smoked fish in general like anything any fish that they could find to smoke they'll do it
0: <laughs> <laughs> you smoke the beers they smoke the fish
1: exactly <laughs> Ooh! oh man oh man make it make a make a smoked um smoked, uh, Russian, uh, Russian port, like, like Russian Imperial Porter, what was smoked fish and call it, you know, a gulag or something like that.
0: <laughs> so you that's, good, that's an idea. <laughs> you can write that down. <laughs> so you discovered cooking from your grandparents, from your parents, you, you became a professional chef. We spoke a little bit about the, the pressures of that. The more you suffer, the higher you'll climb. It's an insidious um, scene that it's, it's extremely toxic. Uh, a lot of coping mechanisms get set into place after that of uh, overindulgence in, in alcohol and substance, substances. Um, I imagine that that you stepping away, and you mentioned that therapy, it is all tied into that you deciding you no longer wanted to be a part of that world, and then moving away to take care of yourself because it's it's brutal. I, I have friends in the scene and I know what it's like, so it's brutal. So, so talk to me about that moment of when you realized that you needed for your own mental health to step away from being a cook.
1: Uh, I remember it was one, it was one early morning. I was prepping, and and I was and I was getting. Like I was getting talked to about something I did wrong and this is like, like hours before we even opened all the time um, and so I was just super stressed I was like I, w- I had to do like five sauces from scratch I was just like I'm in the weeds like I just got in but I'm already in the weeds and I noticed I think I was having a panic attack I noticed that like that my, my vision started blurring on the sides wow. and it was just slowly just kind of closing in and I had to like stop for a second and be like what the hell is going on um so so it was then that I realized I was like I need to get out I need to stop I need to change like cause this is if, I, if if I keep going down this way it's just it's not going to be any good for anyone. Um, so I put in my notice and, and like I, I moved to Portland for that restaurant to help open up that restaurant and I was six months in and I and I was six months in and I was like I can't I'm done I'm out um, and then I just took a moment. Took a moment to sit at home for a little bit. This um, I this I didn't understand what I was feeling. That's the thing. I couldn't I couldn't put a name to it. I didn't know what was going on. So that's when I that's when I saw a therapist. And luckily, the first person that I called ended up becoming my therapist. So I was with wow. her for five years.
0: Wow! Don't be afraid, people. This is, a, this is an excellent message. You have to ask for help when you're not feeling well. You know, it's okay not to know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. Is like, and, and I even still tell people, I was like, you know, like finding a therapist is not the easiest thing. It's kind of like buying a car. You have to try a few out before <laughs> yeah. before you find one. But I, I was just fortunate enough to find one like right off the bat. But that's it's not like that all the time.
0: Hey, what's up, Fox and Hops? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates Thank you for being so open about that and uh, if if you didn't go and it's like life paths, right? It's like you need to go through all of these things in order to be where you are because had you not gone, moved to Portland to start this restaurant, you would have never ended up at Little Beasts and then you would have probably never ended up working at Tool in Denmark having a chat with me right now. It's, it's the choices that we make and the things that happen to us that build us and I think that's very interesting. I think that the, the the divergent paths that we can take in our life is never ending and uh, we just have to appreciate where we are despite the struggles that we've been through
1: totally totally and i'm i'm also very like i'm very i've been very i'm i've been very vocal about these things only because again again it just to you talk about it more make it more of a normal subject yes. it's going to become a regular it thing it's a normal
0: subject we are vulnerable we are humans we are not perfect uh we love fucking extreme metal uh we like 10 percent beers at 1 p.m uh we are tough as <laughs> fucking hell uh but we're also vulnerable and we are not perfect and we're we're, we're capable of of expressing that and knowing when we need help i'm so lucky that i have my wife jessica she's my rock she keeps me leveled uh i can only i can only imagine the person i'd be if i hadn't done that divergent path of my life if i had not secured her <laughs> as, as my partner for life
1: <laughs> right oh yeah i'm I, I totally believe it and yeah it it and yeah it's yeah it, and it's quite amazing i mean like i've like i think i think also for me i think one of the Things that I learned from it is that when I'm at a point that I'm uncomfortable, I start feeling uncomfortable. That's when I go, okay, don't run. Just just stop and sit with it. And then and then and then I was able to, you know, I was able to kind of go through that uncomfortable growth and kind of figure out what direction I kind of want to go. So it's like if if you're uncomfortable, do your best to sit with it. Don't run from it.
0: Yes, because it means that there's a there's an there's there's an opportunity to to enhance yourself if you're uncomfortable it means it means being uncomfortable means that you're ready to grow that, that i think that's it because if you're too comfortable in anything it's too easy and, and life exactly. shouldn't, shouldn't be easy sadly <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of the way it is sadly. um something totally. a, new, a new segment that i'm pulling in um 2023 is the year of Fight the Hops. Uh, I would love to hear about uh, the the motivation for yourself, something uh, that you are trying to improve, um, something that you want to make better about yourself. I'm calling it the Fight the Hops movement. Uh, what about yourself <laughs> are you working on currently right now that you hope to strive to make better throughout
1: 2023? Uh, being, being more... Empathetic towards other towards other people and um, being able to mentally pause at situations that that might frustrate me and actually actually being able to sit and kind of like try to put myself in the other mentally actually put myself in the other person's shoes like okay like sure I'm, I might be pissed off at you or whatever it might be but okay like let me let me take a moment And let me see where, let me try to figure out where you might be standing or or what you might be feeling. And I I feel like having that empathy and sympathy towards other people is extremely important. Like that's, that's what, that's what gets people to talk more, to open up more, to be more communicative. Like you need to have that somewhat of an understanding or at least try, because I feel like a lot, a lot of people, if they see you, if they see you attempting to, try to understand them they'll be a lot more open to help you to help um help you understand what they're trying to say i guess
0: absolutely this this really works well like in in like face-to-face human interactions i feel like nowadays in the the world of social media people that don't agree with other people don't even try to empathize it has blocked them and pushed them away and they surround themselves with like-minded people and i think that's a big issue with our world today and then people don't know how to interact with people that are not like-minded in the real world so 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 good for you i I like that fight the hops goal be more empathetic more role-playing role-playing would help like like when you stop and you confront your issues when you're not feeling well about something you could do the same thing and stop and confront this feeling that you have towards some of that you need to be more empathetic towards.
1: Right. And you know whether it be, you know, a decision someone made. I mean, like you never know. They could have had to make a certain decision because of certain things, certain aspects or that you don't know about. Like you have to kind of you have to be more like if I guess now the whole talk is everyone's saying be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with yourself. All right. Good. Be but gentle also with others be, too though. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, we're not all on our best days. <laughs> yeah, totally. You never know when someone's having a shitty day. You never know what happened in someone else's life. So, so it's. it's I like that goal. I like it. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna mirror that myself in my life because I, I tend to be tough on people too. Uh, you've traveled all over. You've been. You've been everywhere. Uh, have you ever been to Montreal?
1: I have actually.
0: Really? Talk to me about that story. Yeah.
1: Um, I was in. I was in culinary school. This is in two thousand and um my friends i this is down in uh, poughkeepsie new york so it's like about a five hour drive away from montreal uh some friends were like oh hey uh we're turning 20 or something like that like you can drink in montreal when you're 19 20 or 18 like that. 18 okay yeah so a bunch of, so, <laughs> so it was for someone it was someone's birthday there was a total of nine or ten of us so we decided to we decided to drive up and we uh, rented a we rented a hotel room, and somehow we we stuck oh, everyone
0: slippery. in. <laughs> Shh, don't do that, people. Do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the, it was like on the floor, on the couch, on the beds. Like everyone was just intermingled. It was pretty funny. Like it was a very good. time. I had a lot of fun. Um, although it was yeah, 2008. It was quite a it's quite a long time ago, so I don't remember too much. But I remember going to bars and be able to sit down and be like, Oh my God, I could order a beer.
0: Hell yes. (laughs) That's one thing that we did. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But, but, but I, but I, I remember, I remember loving Montreal. I thought it was fantastic. And I definitely wanted, I definitely want to go back and, you know, check it out again and actually do it properly. And not just some, not, not a bunch of 18 year olds just trying to get drunk. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well if you do come back to montreal i'll definitely take you around i'll take you to all my favorite haunts the best craft beers in town uh, we're very very blessed here it's it's an excellent excellent craft beer city and metal city obviously one last question classic vox and hops wrap-up question um it probably doesn't happen to you very often but it might because you know you're doing that quality control you're talking about you're doing the educational things the centurion thing that you were talking about um you know, you you said that you lie in bed one day a week, so maybe it happens to you on that day. Every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure?
1: Oh, uh, definitely, I I go down to the Seven Eleven and get a slice of pizza for sure, and just lots of water, and and maybe an apple. Like that's what I do, and then I just kind of I, I try. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, because because the because the hangovers like they are what they are. I try to I try like I tried I try to avoid them at the most by try to drinking I try drinking as much water as I can throughout the night, but but usually in the morning I just yeah, just lay in bed, have some snacks, and really just don't do anything. Just take a shower. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: The apple threw me off. I'd never heard that one.
1: Oh, it's great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tim thank you so so much for hanging out with me talking about your life music talking about being a metal brewer makes me so goddamn happy to connect with other metal heads that are in the craft beer industry um it's, it's brought you across the globe i think that's so fucking cool um thank you for introducing me into the the wonderful process of getting beer legally into canada it was a uh, it was it was cool yeah, i'm very stoked to, to uh, have learned that experience thanks to you i've really enjoyed these two. Um,
1: Awesome.
0: I'll share the rest of this with Jessica. This is great. Tim, thank you so, so much. Massive cheers.
1: Oh, thank you. Cheers. I really appreciate it. It was was a lot of fun.
0: Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an amazing conversation. I had no idea of the journey that Timothy had been on in his life, the amount that he's moved, his career switch, uh, his openness about mental health was just beautiful. It just... There's nothing to be ashamed of, people. Said it during the episode, and I'll say it again here right now. If you're not feeling well, seek out help. There is help out there that can make you feel better. So no shame. Ask for the help that you need and find the resources because they are out there for you and you can feel better. Massive cheers to Timothy for hanging out with me and just being awesome. Cannot wait to hang out face-to-face and share a brew with you, my friend. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox & Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a week where you shall hear about everything that has happened in the world of the Vox & Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to see about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public, and I have a massive one in the works right now. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There is always a whole bunch of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops metal podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer weekend i'll be back next week with one episode with andrew king thorpe the author of failure rules and the owner of thorpe records but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads hello tom may here host of future friday i've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band the menzingers where i've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people so i started a podcast